Now, we don't cover sport on Good Morning Dublin, but there is a World Cup connection to our next item. Everyone has been very taken with the surprise package of the tournament that has been Costa Rica. So what's the story with this um, fascinating Central American country, a very small country similar to Ireland? We thought we'd take a closer look at it. So to tell us a bit about it is a leading Irish expert in Costa Rica, James Cahill. James, good morning. Good morning, Ken. Uh, th- thanks for coming on. And um, I suppose the football, uh, certainly Costa Rica, were a big surprise to us doing so well in the tournament. I wonder, was there a surprise over there? Well, I mean, it's a, it's a football-mad country, um, and uh, soccer is the, the national sport, if you like, so they certainly were uh, had high expectations. I'm not sure that they, in their wildest dreams, thought they were going to get through and get as far as they, they did and, and be so unlucky to get knocked out when they did. Uh, but uh, certainly they had high expectations, so the, the country effectively shut down for the last few weeks, or certainly on the days of the match, they shut down. I, th- I think it's always uh, very special when a small country does well in the World Cup, or even has a bit of a run in it, a bit like Ireland in the past. It's, it's, it's you know, the Germanys of this world expect to do well, but somewhere the size of Costa Rica, I can imagine. And I mean, they could have got to the semi-final, they lost in the, on penalties in the quarters, didn't they, to, Absolutely. to the Dutch? who might go on to win it. So, um, so James, how did you get involved with Costa Rica yourself first, before we talk a bit more about the country? Well, uh, Costa Rica Invest, which is our, our company, uh, basically got involved uh, through a previous company that, that uh, I owned called uh, Hotel Express. And uh, we were involved in, in corporate travel. And as a result of that, we were introduced to a developer who was doing some, some work in Costa Rica. And... Uh, you know, he was interested in basically introducing um, uh, Costa Rica and some of his developments to to Europe, basically. And he contacted us and said, you know, introduced his projects to us. So uh, I really knew nothing about Costa Rica at the time. So I said, well, gosh, I'm not going to, to introduce anything to anybody until I get out there and see what the country is like and really get an understanding of it myself. So I, I flew out, um, was very impressed with what I saw. Uh, very impressed with some of the developments and uh, said, well, you know, why not? And so that was my initial involvement of, in, in Costa Rica, which was about six years ago at this point. Okay, and, and so tell us a little bit about the country then. What, what, what's it like? Is, is it big, small? Well, it's very similar to Ireland in, in many ways. Population is approximately the same. They have a population of 4.8 million. It's slightly smaller, uh, 51,000 uh, square kilometres, and we're what, 84,000 square kilometers, but, you know, very similar in, in those regards. Um, it's a Central American country, uh, and uh, it borders uh, Nicaragua and uh, Panama. Um, it's the oldest democracy in Central and Southern America. Um, they, they abolished their army in 1948. There was a civil war in the 1940s, and they made a big decision. They said they would never use their army against themselves, and so they constitutionally abolished their army, so they have no army. That must be very unusual in the world for a country to have no standing army at all. No standing army at all. No standing army at all. They, they in fact, they, have a, they don't have a, a minister for defence or, a, or a, you know, a military minister. They have a minister for peace. Um, That's a good idea. Yes, which is a, which is a remar- remarkable idea, really. It's a very interesting country in that regard. They, they have uh, very, very high goals and expectations of themselves, and they always set the bar really, really high. Um, and on that basis, I mean, even if they achieve halfway to their goals, they still achieve incredible things. Um, right now, they produce more than 95% of their energy from re- renewable resources. Um, and that decision uh, dated back, or, or that progress, if you like, dated back to a decision that they made 25 years ago. And 25 years ago, they noticed that there were two areas of government in conflict. 
um, uh, the uh, the Minister for Energy or the, or the Energy Department and the Minister for Environment, uh, because clearly the Minister for Environment wanted to preserve the environment, the Minister for Energy wanted in, uh, cheap energy at uh, the lowest possible cost, and, and unfortunately that was frequently damaging to the environment. So they made a, a huge sort of sweeping decision. They combined the two roles, and they made the Minister for Energy and the Minister for the Environment one and the same. And that enabled them to take a very long-term view. So 25 years ago, they invested hugely in renewable energy resources, and, and other countries at that time thought they were, they were crazy because, of course, renewable energy was expensive energy. Coal was cheap. Oil was cheap. Uh, but now we look at Costa Rica and say, my goodness, what, a, what an enlightened decision that was. Yeah, I suppose technology has changed and it's, it's, it's easier to achieve uh, greater results from renewables than it might have been 25 years ago. And I mean, that's an extraordinary statistic uh, compared to, I don't know, the likes of Western European countries or US or, or China, which I'm sure it's, it's nearly, I'm sure they'd be doing well to achieve 10 or 20% of their energy from renewables. And in fact, they have a new uh, hydroelectric plant, which will come online in the next five years. And that will make them net exporters of renewable energy. So they'll produce more than 100% of their, well, they'll produce obviously 100% of their own requirement, but they'll have uh, other renewable energy that they will then export to neighboring countries. And has, has this, along with their other economic activity and, and what goes on in the country, made them into a relatively prosperous country by the standards of the region? Yes, it's the, it's the uh, most prosperous country in Central and Southern America. Um, they invested hugely, obviously, in, in things like that, but they've invested hugely in education. So they have one of the highest literacy rates in the world and a very highly educated workforce. Um, and because of that, uh, combined with uh, a number of tax breaks, they've successfully attracted many, many multinationals. Um, and so uh, high technology uh, industry is their prime uh, uh, money earner, uh, followed by tourism. So... Um, they, they, in fact, attracted a lot of business that was previously located in Ireland. Uh, unfortunately, as we've all discovered, uh, multinationals um, uh, have no loyalty when it comes to a particular country. They go to where they're going to get the best deal. And uh, Costa Rica successfully attracted many multinationals out of Ireland. Um, and so it's a, it's a very highly educated country. And um, they have, uh, like I say, many, many multinationals located there, Hewlett-Packard, Intel, Johnson & Johnson, all have their Central and Southern American uh, manufacturing headquarters located in Costa Rica. I mean, there are some parallels with Ireland, I suppose, there, aren't there? I mean, you know, a formerly poor country now with a decent education standard and, um, you know, attracting multinationals in tourism as well. Well, it, it's, it's very, very similar. And in fact, there was a book written uh, six years ago called Foreign Investment, De uh, Development and Globalization, Can Costa Rica Become Ireland? Um, and it was talking about, if you like, the very similar path that uh, Costa Rica was taking uh, in terms of highly educated workforce, uh, a very young population, uh, tax breaks to attract multinationals. And they did pursue a very similar policy. Um, the difference is that uh, Costa Rican banks and financial institutions didn't, didn't uh, quite uh, follow the same policies that the Irish ones did. Right. Their, um, their, their you know, real estate and, and uh, houses and, and buildings haven't fallen as much in value and, and there hasn't been the devastation of a, a property collapse um, that, uh, of course, happened here. Yeah, so not, not as much boom and bust. Yeah. But just sort of steady growth seems 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 to be pretty sad. But to go back to the the system of government and and the regime and things like that, and you know you were saying there's no army. Is, is it a, a sort of a demo functioning democracy or what's their system of government? 
Yes, it's democracy. It's the oldest democracy in Central and Southern America. Um, it's uh, the, in fact, the the previous president uh, was Oscar Arias. Uh, Oscar Arias is a Nobel Prize winner. Um, he uh, he won the Nobel Prize approximately 20 years ago for brokering peace in Nicaragua. Uh, he was president of Costa Rica at the time, um, and uh, he was the previous president. And then he was succeeded by Laura Chinchilla. Uh, but it is a it's a democracy, um, and in fact, the elections. Um, were about uh, a year ago or so. Right, and you were saying, obviously, with the, with the no army situation, that that uh, you know they've managed to be a peaceful country, have a minister for peace. But how how do they survive in the region? Because that's been a volatile region. I mean, you're talking about. I mean, Nicaragua has been a pretty volatile country the last thirty years. Are are they protected by you know by proxy by America or anything like that, or do they just get on well with their neighbours? Well, they. They, they do get on relatively well with their neighbours, although there has been an ongoing um, uh, border dispute with Nicaragua, which, uh, as you quite rightly point out, they would seem to be at a disadvantage given the fact that they have... <laughs> no army. Nicaragua has a large one. Um, however, having said that, uh, as, you, as you highlighted, they are to some degree by proxy uh, protected by uh, really America and multinational interests. Um, and so... Um, they they have managed to steer a, a you know a peaceful course without any uh, conflict with their neighbours. Uh, there may be diplomatic conflict, but without any direct conflict with their neighbours uh, over the past well since 1948. I mean, uh, how to manage your affairs in in a, in a tricky region with with no army? Um, you know, there's lessons there to be learned for all sorts of other regions around the world. I, I would say. Can, can we move on to tourism, particularly you know the likes of ecotourism? Do, do many Irish people travel there? British people, other European people, and and what can they expect? Well, certainly in terms of the number of Europeans travelling there, it's increasing, and it's increasing dramatically over the past uh, you know perhaps three or four years. And um, it's a long way away. So for for Europeans, it's a major, it's a long haul flight to get out to Costa Rica. But having said that, it is a Spanish speaking country, and of course, many of the Spanish speaking nations have had you know long histories of of um, of uh, travel to Costa Rica. It is uh, the home of ecotourism. Uh, more than twenty six percent of the country is is protected forest park and national forest reserve, so can never be built on, can never be developed. And they're increasing that number all of the time. And so, you know, ecotourism is a huge attraction for people. And, and of course, you can do all of the ecotourism things there, from tracking to, to climbing to uh, zipline tours to all sorts of tours throughout the country. In fact, it has more than 5% of the world's biodiversity, which is an incredible figure when you think about it. One in 20 of every living thing on this planet, that's every living thing from plants to birds to trees to insects, live in this tiny little country in Central America that is only, that is only you know, 51,000 square kilometers. That's extraordinary, because I, I know a lot of people like to go on wildlife type holidays and you know, bird watching and things like that, so um, it will be a good location for that, I imagine. Absolutely fantastic. Um, it, it's, the, the major focus, of, of course, because of the, the proximity, is uh, on, um, on U.S. and Canadian tourism. It's a, it's a short hop uh, on a plane for most uh, U.S. citizens to get to Costa Rica. But they are more and more focused on, on European um, tourists and tourism. And in fact, uh, there was a, a recent BBC program uh, about a month ago, uh, a, a place in the sun, and it, and it followed... Uh, um, uh, a guy who had bought a place in, in Costa Rica and 
as a direct result of that, I mean, our inquiries from from the UK, you know, jumped tenfold overnight. Wow, yeah, that program obviously is very popular. A lot of people, a lot of people watch it. So this was uh, they were covering some people who were trying to retire there or move there, was it? Yes, it's it's a very attractive country to retire to because it's easy to get residency in Costa Rica, or, or relatively easy to get residency in Costa Rica. It's a it's a it's a bit of red tape, and the process takes about a year. But basically, if you're in receipt of retirement income from a pension of a thousand dollars a month or more, which is a a, a fairly modest pension. Uh, you can you can get a retirement residency in Costa Rica, and that entitles you to all of the benefits of Costa Rican citizenship. They have an excellent healthcare system, and uh, uh, particularly for U.S. citizens, where healthcare is so so expensive, to go to a, a country that has uh, equivalent or even better healthcare uh, and get it well, effectively. It's not quite for free, but you know, in comparison to what they're paying in the U.S. for free, is very attractive to, to U.S. citizens. And a, and a better climate, I imagine, as well. And a, and a vastly better climate. In fact, more than 1% of the population of Costa Rica is already U.S. expatriates and retirees living there full-time. So your, your pension, euro or dollar, will, will go, go quite a long way? Yes, it's about about half the, the cost of living of the U.K., of the U.S., I'm sorry, uh, probably about a third of the cost of living uh, of Ireland. Um, so very very cheap. Uh, twenty dollars. If if you go to a to a vegetable stall and buy twenty dollars worth of fruit and vegetables, you could not possibly pick up all those fruit and vegetables yourself. You could you physically could not pick them all up. So there's nice food. There's a nice climate. Beaches. Beaches. Uh, well, it's a volcanic country, so um, the, the 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 beautiful white beaches are a sort of a, a rarity in Costa Rica. They tend to be volcanic uh, beaches. Dark sand rather than the beautiful glistening white sand, but it is the country where you know jungle sweeps down to the sea. You've got this incredible biodiversity. The biodiversity in, of sea life is even higher. Uh, they, they reckon it's somewhere between seven and eight percent. They're certainly they're they're looking at that in the, at the moment. So again, the the amount of you know plants and animals and 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 birds and and wildlife is just incredible. And if you go into the mountains of Costa Rica, particularly during the rainy season. You see plants that you don't believe are real. You, you stop and you, you look at a color of a plant and you think, gosh, somebody's put a plastic plant on the side of the road because the colors are just so vibrant. They don't look real. They, it looks like you're looking at a plastic plant, but they're real. It certainly sounds a lot more uh, a lot more interesting than you know parts of Dublin in November. We, we should all get over there for, for a visit. It's a, it really does sound lovely. What about the cities and towns? Well, the, the capital is San Jose. Um, San Jose is uh, it's a it's a capital city like any uh, capital city. So it has um, areas of historical significance. It's probably somewhere that if you were traveling to Costa Rica for a week, you'd spend a day, perhaps maybe a day and a half, just doing the the historical things. But it is just a, a busy capital city in the end of the day. So really, you do need to get out of the city and get out into the countryside. Um, uh, you know, is very similar to Ireland. What 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 they call a, a city and what we call a city would be, you know, similar uh, in in terms of size. But but uh, in comparison, maybe to the U.S., we would call you know they would term cities in Costa Rica as small towns. <laughs> so very similar in that regard, because of the highly educated uh, uh, workforce, because of the the amount that they spend on education, they spend more than twenty five percent of their entire national budget on education every year. Uh, English is extensively spoken, especially amongst young people. So, so you can certainly uh, make your way, particularly in the tourist areas, just speaking English. 
if you get to the more remote areas, you need to have a smattering of Spanish to get by. Okay. And um, since you, you, you've been good enough to come on and tell us all about this this fascinating country, um, James, you, a little, can you tell us a bit about your, your own company and, and companies like yourselves who offer investment opportunities? Sure. Out there? What, sort of, what sort of investments can people buy? Yeah, well, well we, we focus on a, a, a very niche uh, type of investment. Uh, our, our opportunities in Costa Rica combine development land with agricultural crops growing on the land. Um, and we have a series of, of developments uh, under the Nature Walk brand, and each of those developments basically offers people the opportunity to own land in Costa Rica with high-value high agricultural commodities fully managed, growing on their land, but it is development land. Now, we have a whole range of investors involved, from people who are pure investors who are just buying the land, getting the, the returns from the crops, and plan to sell the land on in the future right down to, uh, of course, as the projects have developed, to people who are actually building right now on their lot. So they, they're building a home, uh, perhaps a holiday home, perhaps a retirement home on their lots, and, and they're benefiting from the crops on those lots at the same time. So they're getting an income from that. And all of the developments are, are on a very sustainable basis, and we try to develop it on a very sustainable loop, where, pro where products produced from those projects are consumed or certainly processed in the area, providing local employment. And uh, Nature Walk One is now the largest employer, uh, and it's actually the largest eco-development in Costa Rica uh, at the moment. Okay, so we're, we're just about out of time. So we're talking uh, ecotourism and plots, and uh, I know there's teak, and there's it's 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 all. It's have you a website that we can direct people to? like to look at our Irish website is uh, Costa Rica Invest, www.costaricainvest, or one word, dot IE. Uh, but of course, if they would like to give us a call, uh, they can certainly call us up and we'd be happy to tell them about uh, us and, and our developments and they can get us on 272-4184. If they wanted to find out a little bit more about Costa Rica generally, if they go to that website, uh, costaricainvest.ie, and they'll find links to our Facebook page, to our blog, uh, to our Pinterest page, to our Google Plus page, and there's all sorts of um, newsworthy items on Costa Rica and just uh, general updates on Costa Rica, so they can find out lots about Costa Rica there. Brilliant. Uh, it's a fascinating country, and maybe they can teach us a few things about how to, how to do well in the World Cup as well. Um, so thanks a million, James, for coming on. I really appreciate it. Thank you for having me, Ken.